Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar. Weekdays at 2 on Mile High Sports. Happy Monday, beautiful Monday here in Colorado. Sean Trotar, Sandy Clough with you. The fallout from the Denver Nuggets championship has uh, been swift among other teams in the league. A couple different moves of, of significance happening uh, one over the weekend, one today. We'll go to the one today because I think it is uh, uh, an easier one to put together, and that would be the idea that Draymond Green is going to opt out of his contract with the Golden State Warriors. We knew that uh, given some of the friction in the last year between uh, Green, Jordan Poole in particular, but there's also just kind of the idea that maybe uh, it's time for the parties to maybe separate and move on and go their separate ways. It appears that Draymond Green tends to agree with that. He's likely to take, uh, expected, quite frankly, to take the player option and opt out. That is interesting because to me, Sandy, when I look at it, um, it starts to mark, I think, the beginning of the end, if it isn't already here, of the Warriors' quote-unquote dynasty. Dynasties look a little different in today's uh, salary cap era, but... Draymond Green is a big part of what that team does, and without that edge, without sort of that physical post uh, presence down low, even though he's not the biggest guy, in in many ways it, it sort of reduces the Warriors to a bunch of of shooters uh, without a lot else to do. It feels like the Warriors, unless they make a significant move otherwise, uh, maybe fade a little bit further away from contention. I don't know that keeping Draymond Green or letting him go makes all that much difference. I've rarely seen an instance uh, in which a player elects to opt out and his agent, the player himself, and the team he's opting out from, as it were, Mm -hmm. express such determination that he stays exactly where he is. No one's going to offer him $30 million a year. Absolutely no, no one. I don't think, I don't so, think no. anybody no will necessarily offer him $20 million a year. I think what Draymond Green wants and will be more likely to get from the Warriors than anybody else is something like three years, four years, at around 60 to $65 million that would not provide the same kind of annual income, but I'm sure Draymond Green realizes that with the terms now that seem to be on the way in terms of the collective bargaining agreement, this has a lot to do with the uh, other basketball story over the weekend that we'll talk about too. It's going to be very hard for a team to bring in a player in his 30s uh, who neither averages 10 points nor 10 rebounds nor even 10 assists a game anymore. He is far more valuable to the Warriors than he would be in any other setting. And even if he comes back, I, I don't know what changes exactly with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I, I don't think his leaving makes them appreciably weaker or his stain makes them all that much stronger. I, I just don't think it matters all that much. It's a it's a big story because you're talking about part of a core 
of essentially three players who have been with the Warriors throughout the last decade. And actually more than that in Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Raymond Green. But only Steph Curry is anywhere near his prime. Clay Thompson is well past it. Raymond Green is well past it. And Raymond Green is still good for about eight and a half points a game, seven rebounds, seven assists. That is valuable to a team like Golden State because he understands how to get the ball to Curry and Thompson. More than any other player Golden State could have and maybe more than any other player in the league. That value completely disappears if he goes somewhere else. I don't know what he yeah, does. I, I now, think I'm that's not his, saying you put him on the Washington Wizards right. or something like that. I do get your Nobody point. can function there, but that that's kind of my point. If you put him on, oh, I, I'll just throw this out there. The New York Knicks, Mm -hmm. okay? I'm not sure how much better he would make them. And that's not a knock at Draymond Green, but we only know of Draymond Green from his time with the Warriors and his relationship that obviously still is very close with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. And as a matter of fact, with Steve Kerr, who's yet another major figure within the Warrior organization who has said actually more than I would concede that the Warriors in no way, shape, or form will be a contender without Draymond Green. He's already said that, and probably more than once. Green has a, a, a his salary this year would have been $27.6 million. He's opting out of that. Uh, his agent, Rich Paul, said specifically, "Will quote, we will continue to talk to Golden State, explore all options, uh, including potential sign and trades so he can get the most money and that sort of thing. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it does feel like maybe that it, it's just time to part ways for for Green and it the Warriors. It very well could be. I and there was the incident last year, and speaking of Steve Kerr. Who called it the biggest crisis of his tenure. called it the tenure. biggest crisis of his coaching tenure, yep. and that covers a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a long time that Kerr has and been. And he even said later in the year that it had cast a cloud over the season. He even yes. said that later oh, yes. in the season. And Green acknowledged that. Now, I, I, I think everyone, with the possible exception of the guy he punched, would like to have him back with Golden State next year, and I think he probably would prefer that. But I think you've probably uh, hit it exactly right when you say a sign of trade is seems like the probably the likeliest option. I I would I would have a hard time believing that Golden State wouldn't try to get something back if they can't get Green himself back. They, they would try to get something back. And it's tricky. Him. I mean, if Green had that opted in, tricky. the the Warriors, when you're talking about the salary and tax penalties, because remember, of course, they're, they're, they've already been up there and the well, tax now, penalties and get now, prohibited. And now we can't even talk about that right. without talking about aprons, right. as they're calling them. And, and where now, would be if Green had first stayed apron, in, second apron. by the time the season began, the bill for the year, now not the salary, but the, but the bill would be $500 million for, for the Warriors if Green opted in. So at, at a certain point, uh, it, it just seems like there's not a fit there, even a, even if you can't really cut him back. I mean, keep in mind, um, Jermichael Green's a free agent out there as well. They can only, they can't even offer him three point four million. It's got to be minimums. So that's that's the challenge for them. And and I guess what they'd be looking for is a team that would want to at least pay Draymond, and give them minimum contract players, guys on rookie deals that they think they can use a little bit here and there, and that's all they're looking to do because that's all really, uh, e- even that ownership can't afford 
half a billion a year when you're talking about payroll and taxes. They're not going to do that. And so that part is is interesting. So I think, you know, what that means for the Warriors, it, it heavily depends on on what they do, and that's a tough job for Mike Dunleavy Jr., who has been promoted into the role. But uh, boy, congrats! You're trying to keep Who's this alive. Is it, yeah. is it ownership's call? Is it Dunleavy's call? Is you it know, that's call? Five hundred million a year at the moment. It's ownership's call. You know, it's ownership's call. And so that part of it's going to be interesting because when it's it's no longer a basketball decision entirely, I think that that leaves or not, a, not even mostly or not, a basketball decision. Yeah, <laughs> you could be right. Yeah. And, and that dramatically changes the way that that uh, this can be approached. If it were, he'd be back. Because would, everybody so. knows that what he's, I, I said there's no, there's no true team in which he's with, a better within fit. the warrior organization. They they know he's valuable to them in a way that he would be valuable to no one else. And you know, in in terms of dealing, I, I'm not sure how much they could get back for him. But yes, the pay the payroll's out of control. And, and keep in mind, in Jordan Poole's case, you know, Jordan Poole did, uh, you know, after kind of exploding, he got that four year, hundred twenty three million dollar extension. But then during the 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 regular season last year. Uh, he did get to 20 points a game, 20.4, but otherwise, you know, 4.5 assists, 2.7 rebounds, uh, shooting 43% from the field. He was good, but not great, and and wildly inconsistent in his first year of of the big money deal. Uh, I think if you were truly talking a basketball thing and trying to keep a title window open, you could make an argument that you might be able to trade pool for uh, a different collection of assets because you have other talent that plays the same position, and maybe that's a better fit. So I, I think for... The, the Nuggets watching the rest of the Western Conference scramble to catch up. And remember, uh, they're the favorites in Vegas in part. And we broke this down last week because the teams that were used to being good and the stars that we're used to seeing are either aging or running into ridiculous salary cap and tax concerns. And so Golden State, remember everyone, got in at the sixth seed. I mean, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a, they weren't a phenomenal. They were 44-38. They were beaten by the Lakers in their, uh, opening series who've had to play out of the play-in round. So I think for the Nuggets, you watch this with some curiosity, but it is hard to envision the Warriors losing Draymond Green and being better. That's just hard to envision. No matter what they get back in trade and knowing the salary implications, they can't take very much back in trade. You're not getting a, right. a player of that caliber back. It's going to be wild with, uh, with these uh, CBA restrictions now that really make it tough, uh, even for a team like Denver. It's going to be tough Not so much immediately, but looking it down will. the line, uh, we talked about it last week, Denver may well have to make a choice, not immediately, but in a couple of years perhaps, on whether to keep Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter Jr. They may not be able to afford both uh, under the uh, terms that are going to exist, and I, I know we'll talk about this more in a second, but I'm, I'm looking at, Phoenix's so-called Big Four now in the wake of the Beal yeah. trade, hundred sixty-two million dollars set aside for those four. Second and apron, quote unquote, is at one hundred and seventy-nine. Yeah. Those those four guys get, like get you into the tax range alone. Just those four. Yeah. So it, and remember, the CBA is very new. I mean, it was agreed on in April. So I mean, it's very very new, and uh, you're you're talking about a lot to kind of to go through. But essentially, it's it really changes the the situation with the cap and tax. Uh, players and owners are happy with it because uh, the the money is basically split 50-50. Uh, there is a soft cap, but you're talking about a tremendous amount of, of salary. In fact, in the case of the Warriors, 
uh, this year spent 191 million in taxes. No yeah. salary, just yeah, taxes. Right. And now you're talking about these sort of uh, the multiple aprons where it makes things uh, pretty complicated. So basically, I'll give you the 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 it, it, it before it wasn't a problem if you had big money teams because it just went to basically a dollar fifty over you know per every dollar spent in the tax in the previous CBA. Now it is far far more punitive. Now the funny thing is the part of the reason the players agreed to it. Is because the players will still make as much money. What what is going to the effect will be is the talent will be spread around. Yes, if, yes. if you're a thirty super million dollar a year player, so called, you will teams. be able to get your thirty uh, million dollars. Basically, a thing of it. Yeah, I mean, you can get your thirty million dollars. Yeah. Thirty million dollar player. You just might not be able to join a team with two other guys. You might need to go to a team, and you may need to go to the the Pacers and, and start that that situation there, which is what the league wants. So the players will make their money. And the league makes their money, so I think it's going to be better. But you talk about these these aprons, and that second apron is about 179 million. Once you cross that, you can no longer use the mid level exception, which has been around forever. Uh, that used to be the uh, the only tool that the teams uh, could pay free agents above minimum salary. So that um, when you're talking about it, it last year, that means Danilo Gallinari who signed with the Celtics, uh, Dante Divincenzo with the Warriors. Uh, Joe Inglis to the Bucks and John Wall to the Clippers. None of those deals that happened last offseason could happen this year because those teams were at a level now where they would not be able to offer those guys more than minimum. You also can't sign players on the buyout market if you're over that second apron. So guys who have been bought out of their contracts, which was one of the super team deals, right? You'd, you'd agree on a buyout, and then you'd go sign with whoever you wanted because you already got your buyout. If you're above that 179, you, you're not, you are ineligible to sign any player who's been bought out. So, yeah, the idea is super teams are, in theory, going to be the the wave of the, uh, we're going to be part of the past unless a star player wants to take a massive haircut when it comes to salary. That's one of the reasons the Nuggets, who give them credit on their foresight, seem to understand that they weren't ever going to buy a super team anyway. So they started building and they started paying and they have three max contract guys. And Nikola Jokic's is going to leap up with a super max deal. But they understood that. If you do it yourself, basically what the Nuggets are doing is the blueprint for the next for the next few handful of years. You're going to have to bring your own guys in, probably draft them, probably develop them. Maybe you can add a star free agent if your team is still uh, not very expensive on the on the tax limit. But the big it's not going to restrict movement. It's just going to restrict movement from stars going in the same place. So what the Nuggets have done is they have found themselves significantly ahead of the curve. And when you're talking about bird rights and non-bird rights, those still uh, end up existing. But that's where you get into the situation with, say, a Bruce Brown and a longer-term deal with Bruce Brown, who's going to opt out of his deal uh, almost certainly. Uh, he'd probably like to stay with the Nuggets, but the Nuggets are limited in what they can give him a raise. They right. can only get him from, uh, because they are above the first apron yes. right now, that's they right. can only give him about, about a 20% raise on what it would have been. Because another thing you've, you've seen for super teams is, Player options, player options. One year in a player option, well, they always opt out, and then they re-sign with the new team for more money, sort of circumventing the cap. Now you have to have the player for multiple years to do that. So, in theory, when it talks to the Bruce Brown deal, the Broncos can only, uh, Broncos, pardon me, the Nuggets can only offer him about $7.8 million, a right. little bit over of his, his 6.6. That said, if he were to take that, the Nuggets would then have him for two years, they would have his bird rights, and then could sign him to a longer deal uh, above, the, above that minimum, following the 2023-2024 season. So what the Nuggets could 
offer Brown is sort of a de facto, let's say, three or four year deal. But the first year has to be at a rather low, below market salary. And that's going to be one of the decisions Brown has to make. Now, if he takes it, uh, the Nuggets championship window remains wide open. They're the favorites for the reason that they'd be returning virtually every player at significant minutes by the time game five of the championship rolled around. But it, it will be difficult to navigate. The bright side is the Nuggets are not only the reigning champs, but they're actually well positioned for the next two to three seasons to function while teams like the the Warriors here have to scramble and know they have to get worse because the, the money at some point just becomes prohibitive. It's remarkable, first of all, that the Warriors have been basically that. No, they had two or three down years. Basically as good as they've been for as long as they've been. Yes. Over the last decade, let's say, uh, they've had couple of real bad years, 1920, 2021, <laughs> right? Real yeah. bad. I mean, where they sunk basically to the bottom. But uh, if I'm right on that, eight out of the last 10 years have been pretty good. Oh, yeah. Right? And they've been in the finals, what, with the four titles and the two losses six times mm-hmm. in the last decade? I mean, it's been it's been a a remarkable. They're the run. only team that's been to the finals more often in the last ten or fifteen years, or as yeah. often I as mean, Miami. That, yeah, that, Miami six for nineteen twenty season. They Golden went State fi- six for ten. Yeah, they went fi- fi- fifteen and fifty. Obviously, they, 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 and that's when they uh, you know right. they, they dropped off and they, and they got the top pick in the draft and and, and off they go. Obviously, James Wiseman's had some uh, challenges there, but they, they ended up getting that top pick. But otherwise, even the year after that, they jumped back to 39 and 33. But you're right. I mean, this run, uh, let's start at that 50, 51 So it's really season. just one year that they were Really? Bad, only one and year. And that was a bubble year yep. where they weren't even invited to the bubble. Right. That's how bad they were. I mean, the f- 51 wins in 2013-2014, uh, they did lose in the in the first uh, round of the conference. But the next year, 67-15 won the titles. 73-9, and well, nine, they yeah. lost in the final. 67-15, they won the finals. 58-24, yeah, no, won in the I'm finals. i about 14 yeah. Through uh, five straight, 23. five so straight nine years, years. But yeah, nine years, five straight years in the final, one down year, and then back to be the champion only two years later. So you know that they are going to go through an adjustment, but at the same time, you're talking about uh, a team that I think they understand uh, the the window is still open because they have pretty remarkable, remarkable talent. But you but know, older talent now, and Clay Steph Thompson you know, will never again be no. anywhere near the player he used to be. Curry right. shows signs of being much like LeBron James in that he won't be as good it, as he was but his in his game prime, is still but he age will well. still age well, and he'll still be productive for a number of seasons uh, from here on out, multiple years, and I'd give James at least one more year playing more or less the level he played at this year. Now, after one year, I don't know. Uh, it, then then he's approaching, what, 39, 40 yeah. uh, after one more year. But you're, you're right. You're seeing teams react in the only way they really can. Phoenix can only go the blockbuster route, and they'll be – just a more extreme version of what they were yeah. this year. Three, four guys and everybody else. I mean, they've, they've already, they've already done it and they're more, they're even more all in, but yeah, you talk about the, the warriors there. Uh, Steph Curry uh, is going to be 36. Clay Thompson will be 34. Uh, Draymond Green, by the way, also 34, but even keep in mind, I mean, this, 
Andrew Wiggins will be 29. I mean, it's not. I mean, even these oh, guys that you consider around. to be young are, are are not. Yeah. So it's going to be challenging. Now, of course, uh, the Warriors were eliminated early. It took the Denver Nuggets to eliminate the Suns. The Suns went all in on Kevin Durant. And when you're all in and it doesn't work, what do you do? Because if you're Matt Ishbia, you double down, triple down. Uh, they're betting that only four players are needed to win the NBA title. We'll explain what the Suns' strategy is next on My Life Sports. Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, presented by Burnham Law. Hire the winner at BurnhamLaw.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Welcome back. The Western Conference is maneuvering for the Denver Nuggets throne is well underway. We talked a bit bit about the Warriors. The Phoenix Suns, who the Nuggets dispatched in the second round, although it was their toughest series in both the losses in the series. They won that series four to two. Only time they lost uh, two games in a row. That was it. Not too shabby, but the uh, the trade expected to be finalized is going to send Chris Paul to the Washington Wizards in return for a package that will be Bradley, uh, Bradley Beal. And we'll have fun talking about it a little bit, but uh, Chris Paul, who found out about it apparently on a plane on the way to an interview for Good Morning America, uh, also told the New York Times in an interview uh, that he found out about that text with Sun and implied, by the way, that uh, Isaiah Thomas was behind that process. Uh, telling the New York Times, quote, He rears his ugly head, doesn't uh, he? Remember when we suggested when Ashiba was sitting next, the next to, to him, Thomas? He's going to find a way to that he would have his some way in. influence, whether it was official or unofficial. Uh, Chris Paul for all intents and purposes, says, though it may have been unofficial, there was influence. His quote is, seriously, it's just part of the business, and what you realize is no one owes you anything, no matter how you are with them or what you do, you realize in this business nobody owes you anything, as it should be. But when it comes through and my son texts me, I realize that, you know, Matt and Isaiah, I guess, wanted to go in a different direction. So it tells you how much influence Chris Paul thinks Isaiah Thomas has already. Quite a bit. Uh, If that's the case, good news for the Nuggets. Because if Isaiah Thomas is pulling any strings, uh, that's great news for Denver because uh, Isaiah Thomas has just been a slow-motion train wreck no matter where he lands when it's come to being an executive. Oh, professionally and personally, by the way. So it's, Which uh, makes it, 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 you know, listen, normally I don't care who's on TV and, you know, what their past may have suggested uh, about them. I, I don't watch television for generally speaking, the people right. who are on the air, it doesn't make any difference yep, to me. me it, it telling me I'm not going to watch basketball games on ESPN because I like the TNT crew more. They both carry basketball. I like to watch it. And it doesn't matter to me who's in the studio or who's doing uh, the games. And I, I understand I'm not like everyone. <laughs> there, there I'm, I'm with different you, Different people who have different tastes. But the one objection and i know it's nba tv but that means on some level the nba itself sanctions isaiah thomas appearing on their own network and i don't know that i feel that way about anybody who's on the nhl network the nfl network or the major league baseball network 
I just wonder, again, I like Adam Silver, and I generally applaud the direction in which the NBA seems headed, but that one stumps me. Because if he was not deemed to be morally fit to serve with the New York Knicks and James Dolan, why is the NBA paying him? That's an entirely fair question. It really is. And otherwise, I really don't care. That doesn't mean I love everybody who's on the air or dislike most everyone who's on the air. It just doesn't make that much difference to me. Now, I was thinking about that a little bit uh, this weekend, uh, while certainly riveted by the U.S. Open and oh, yeah. Clark's we'll, we'll get to that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get to that a little bit later on. But I do think that CBS does a better job with the majors than NBC does. That's just a matter of opinion. NBC has two of the majors and CBS has two of the majors, the Masters and the PGA, and then NBC takes over with the sequence now going Masters, PGA, U.S. Open, and British Open. NBC takes the latter two. I happen to prefer, because I think Jim Nance is the best golf anchor who ever lived, uh, his model growing up was Jim McKay. And I think on golf, at least, Nance is better. He's a walking encyclopedia. He knows how to orchestrate a broadcast. He is the point guard, in effect, on CBS's golf coverage, much as Dan Hicks is with mm-hmm. NBC. And I have no real problem with Dan Hicks. I just think Nance is better and there is a tendency on NBC to repeat stories. And there isn't that tendency with Nance involved at CBS. There, there, there's never anybody speaking in a way that suggests he hasn't been listening to everybody else on the telecast. But that's a, that's a minor quibble. I, 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 the only thing that mystifies me more than the NBA employing Isaiah Thomas on its own network is Isaiah Thomas having influence on an NBA organization? Well, at least the, the, the latest on the trade is this being finalized is the idea that it will be uh, some combination of Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, yep. multiple second round picks, right? a pick swap, a pick swap, and uh, it will include Bradley Beal headed back to the Suns along with Jordan Goodwin and Isaiah Todd. It could be a, a couple days to get it because they're... they're I, Isaiah Todd. Yes. Going to the to Suns. Phoenix. Yes, oh. right. Maybe... Isaiah Thomas like the uh, maybe so spelled different though spelled it different it'll take a couple days to get done because the truth is now they're expected to find another team to trade Chris Paul to because obviously the Wizards by unloading Beal are back in rebuild mode and time to see if they could maybe get something uh, Chris Paul landing somewhere else wow. you talk about sending someone to Siberia the NBA Siberia is now Washington DC. but smart for Washington to make this deal because uh, they get out of the Beal contract which Beal over the last two years uh has kind of fallen off. Only played, played 90 50 games. games last year. Yeah, he's only played 90 in the last two years. And now you have a spot where you get out of that contract, which, by the way, uh, next as of next year as it stands right now, do you know where Bradley Beal's compensation for 2023-2024 ranks in the NBA? Fifth. Yeah. Fifth. Yeah. The fifth highest player in the league. I mean, that's he's just he's a good player. He's a good scorer. No, he's, but, a, he's a good player, and he's a high-percentage shooter. Yep. He isn't one of those guys who goes eight for 20. But health night. is a concern. But Defense is not a thing. He doesn't, doesn't play in a lot of games. 
And it seems right now the buzz around the NBA, although nothing has been yet announced, is that Zion Williamson is going uh, to be dealt. The trade is Thursday, Zion and it sounds Williamson like that is a much, much more impactful player than Bradley Beal. But he has less the same healthy. problem. You can't get him on the court. Yeah, obviously that's a concern. So the Suns, as, as you pointed out earlier in the show, $163 million committed to Booker, Durant, Beal, and Aiton for next year. Uh, the second apron that we talked about a little bit is 179 What that means is that essentially this will be a team, for lack of a better term. I mean, when, when they when they got uh, Isaiah Todd and Jordan Goodwin back, I hope they can play because you are legitimately talking about for the first time, this is fascinating, if they don't find a way to trade DeAndre Ayton. And DeAndre Ayton's salary is large enough that you wonder what you're going to get back. You're not going to get a player as good as... It's much like the situation there with um, with with Beal. You're not going to get a player as good as DeAndre Ayton. And I know you're not as, as big on Ayton as I am, and I'm no, still not no, as bullish. I, I'm not big on Ayton, but the one thing that seemed obvious was that Ayton and Monty Williams could no longer exist together. Right. So at least they've been split up, and I don't know, maybe that affects Phoenix's disposition on DeAndre Ayton. I I don't know that, but to me, the only somewhat logical reason for firing Monty Williams was that he didn't get along with one of the stars. And one of the stars that you knew you weren't be able to get away from. Uh, Bradley Beal will turn 30 in little over a week. Uh, Kevin Durant, of course, uh, will be 35. And obviously, you know, Booker and, and Aiton substantially younger. They're 26 and 24, respectively, be 27, 25 during the season. But you are talking about a team that, is going to be reliant on minimum deals. I mean, we're going to see something we really haven't seen. When you move away from Chris Paul and get Beal, and Beal makes way more than Chris Paul makes, and Landry Shamit making $9.5 million had to go out, they can re-sign Torrey Craig because of the, the bird rights, but Torrey Craig isn't going to make much more than the $5.1 million he made. Cameron Payne makes $6 million. Otherwise, you're talking about a team that already the only other player that makes over 1.8 is Darius Baisley. This is all but going to be a team of four highly paid stars. And and you, you say role players, but really you're talking guys that maybe haven't even been uh, role players. You're talking about the Todds and the Saban Lees. And if you don't know who that is, that's okay. And the Josh Akogis. Uh, the, these, these is, this, is your, this is the team. And so I, I think... We've seen teams lean in, but we've never seen this, where you're basically saying we need four players and just a bunch of random minimum contracts to fill out our roster. That's what the Suns are attempting to do. Now, could it work? I suppose, although the Nuggets, we know, went seven and eight deep into the finals, as did the Heat, and the depth for both of those teams were difference makers, including in that Suns series. So if the Suns are not planning on, say, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker, who play the same position, if one of them isn't coming off the bench, and I can't imagine they oh, are, no, no, no. you're talking no, about no, gambling that two guys that are on the wrong side of 30, one of them at 35 and Durant. Even in the regular that, season, those guys are going to have to play 40 minutes a night? Yeah. They, they will. I mean, you can't put people who would be most likely – 
their eighth, ninth, tenth guys. Uh, I don't even know about six and seven. On an average But team. beyond seven, I can't see anybody they could possibly use for more than five or ten minutes a game beyond the top seven simply because they can't afford what it would take to bring in a Christian Brown type. Mm-hmm. So forget about Bruce Brown. Oh, yeah. Christian Brown type. And by the way, uh, a number of Nuggets did signings this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter uh, got not only a chance to meet Christian Brown at Dick's. Oh, that's Goods, cool. I think in the Park Meadows Mall, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I, I think that's where he was. Uh, yeah. On Saturday, but uh, had a little conversation with him. And you know how at some signings, guys are looking down right. and signing and they never look up for an instant. Christian uh, Brown, who I think I can fairly say without knowing him at all, is relatively shy, was Not on the court, fully but... <laughs> engaged, fully engaged with everyone who was there, young, middle-aged, uh, old alike. And, uh, from what my daughter heard and experienced, all the Nuggets who did signings this weekend Bruce Brown were did like so, uh, that. Jamal Murray, they were yep. exactly like that. So not only do you feel good about how the Nuggets play, you don't have to take a shower before meeting any of them. It's, it's I mean, an easy team to people. root for. They it, are it really, really great people, and that's a credit to the organization, uh, the coach, his staff, the front office, and the ownership, that not only have they gotten players who fit together, you see why they fit together, because they're all modest, sometimes to a fault. And I got the sense from talking to my daughter that Christian Brown couldn't understand what all the fuss was over him. But there were long, long lines. And you got the feeling Christian Brown was thinking, if I do these long uh, are are this long for me? What's it going to be like for Murray and Bruce Brown and right. Gordon and some of the other guys yeah. who may be involved? How long are their lines going to that be? Is they have get to get there to, five uh, hours early just to get a chance to meet them over a period of two or three hours. If you didn't get a chance to meet Aaron Gordon while you were just out partying uh, the night of the uh, the yes. win, as Aaron Gordon was out there as well, the uh, man of the people. The the here's here's why I have a couple reasons why even though this sounds frightening for Nuggets fans, understandably, why it's not going to work. I'll explain it next on Miley Sports. This is Sandy Clough. And Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. I just wanna be a better man to my baby. The Phoenix Suns in making the trade that will be completed in the next couple of days. They're trying to find the third team to get uh, Chris Paul. You're talking about now four stars, and that would include DeAndre Ayton, who makes thirty uh two million next year after his four year hundred and thirty two million dollar deal. And, and would the Suns like to trade him? Perhaps, perhaps they would. Then again, you're talking about 
a 24-year-old big man that does have skill. You can rank him where you want him, but there's no question that he has skill, and he still has he still has upside. And he has generally, by the way, uh, at least uh, been more healthy than his counterparts because here's the trick. Over the last two years, Bradley Beal has played 40 games and 50 games. Kevin uh, Devin Booker's played 68 and 53 this year. Kevin Durant has played 55 and 47. In Booker and Durant's cases, uh, those games went down. That's concerning. Over the last two seasons, Beal, Booker, and Durant have played 61% of their possible games. And Sandy, you had it exactly right. If it's going to be those four guys and a bunch of minimum contracts, the guess here, and I'm not, I'm not joking, what you saw with the Los Angeles Lakers might happen with the Suns because you thought, okay, you had, you had talent there at first. You had Westbrook, you have LeBron, you have David. There's enough to make them a, a locked playoff team. They got into the play-in tournament. If, and you're talking what you were talking about, if these guys can't go 40 minutes a game all the time, the Suns are a play-in tournament team. That's you know, where they're going to be. Every they now and they then. are going to be like a 9, 10, 8 play-in tournament team. I go, I go back. I hope and, that they can just explode just, the time. Get a sense, because we talk about today so many things, and, and I, I speak for myself. I talk about it probably more than I should, about uh, the load that heavy minutes can create during the regular season. And I thought one of the great things, and we both, I think, felt the same way about the last month of the season, uh, Obviously not the one-loss record, but I thought what implicitly the Nuggets were doing is saying, hey, we don't mind going into the playoffs having lost half or more of our last 20 games. The last quarter of the season, we don't care about. We've all but clinched the Western Conference title, which they did mm-hmm. weeks before the regular season came to an end. In fact, it was almost a month, I think, right. before the regular season came to an end. And so the bargain is we'll rest anybody who has even a minor ailment uh, and we'll have a healthy team going into the playoffs, and that's far more important than any quote-unquote momentum generated by winning a large share of your last or seed, games, just like which Miami. several teams in the East did. And my question would be, how much good did a strong finish do Philadelphia? Yeah. For example, that's the best example because they were going for Joel Embiid's first MVP. And I say they, meaning they, right? not just he, they were going for it. With the exception of Doc Rivers, I think everybody else in the organization, players, coaches, management, ownership, they wanted Embiid to get his MVP more than they wanted to have a healthy team going into the playoffs. And you know what? They weren't a healthy team. Embiid was hurt in the playoffs, as I recall. Missed some time, not that it made much difference because they were playing the Brooklyn Nets. They got lucky in that, but they should have beaten the Boston Celtics around before the Celtics actually did get beaten, Mm -hmm. and they didn't do it. The Nuggets had the right idea. So I, I, I know as much as we talk about it, I go back and look at old box scores when even when sixth men started to be a thing, but even Red Auerbach didn't play a lot of guys during the regular season. And the regular seasons back then weren't as long as they are now, but they were close to being as long. And Jerry West talks about this all the time. When when he played the notion of playing in uh, five nights, four games, it was like, that's standard fare. You you might play five games in six nights. You'd have crazy 
schedules. You'd be playing a lot of games at neutral sites. Mm -hmm. When Wilt scored 100 points, he didn't do it in Philadelphia or New York, even though the Warriors, then the Warriors, were playing the Knicks. They did it in Hershey, Pennsylvania, for goodness sake. Yep. And about 50,000 people claimed they were there. That night, there were a few thousand, as a matter of fact. But you go back and look at those box scores just because basketball wasn't big and it wasn't a full-time job. The Stars had to play, yes, in the regular season. Uh, Remember one year when Wilt averaged more than 48 minutes Mm -hmm. a game because he played in overtime games, Easily the most unbreakable stat in basketball. I mean, it'll never be broken. But but there were a lot of guys who would go the distance, and especially in the playoffs. If you were a star, you were expected to go, and maybe you'd get a blow for a minute or two. But in the regular season even, all those guys played 40 minutes a night. Phoenix is now that team out of the 60s that has maybe six or seven guys who can play. And remember, it was the 1960s. And then you had four or five white guys sitting at the end of the bench to keep the fans happy. (laughs) You certainly wouldn't have four or five blacks at the end of the bench, unless you were the Boston Celtics and Red Arback, and you weren't drawing anyway, so you might as well have the best players. Very much a different league, and in this case, now you're talking about guys that have been injury-prone and need load management, and as a result, it's difficult to see how the you look at it and think, okay, four stars and then minimum guys, maybe in the playoffs that'll work, but can they make the playoffs? That's the first question. Can they make the playoffs? And if they make oh, the playoffs, make the playoffs. What, but I mean, what's what's ah, left when they're there? There's your, because there's your this question. team is going to have to play major minutes of all those guys. A, a significant injury really hurts them. So, I mean, it's a tricky spot. So, I mean, the Suns kind of uh, backed themselves into a corner with the Durant trade and gave up their draft capital. They gave the rest of it up in this. Uh, this is all in. And, and remember, Bradley Beal's contract in a couple of years jumps to $57 million a year. Uh, the, the Suns are either going to win the title next year or implode. And, and the likelihood is it's going to be that oh, they're going to implode. It's, it's 60-40 they implode. I agree. And that, now, it, 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 they may still make the playoffs. <laughs> I still think they're a, I think they're now, a play-in I, team. I, I, you know, I the really kid, do. The team I'm most curious about. Sacramento? That's the one I am. Um, is New Orleans. And, I, and that's because I, I think Sacramento's set. I mean, they, they aren't going to be making major moves. They're no. the one team that's pretty much going to stand pat, don't you think? I think so, and I All think right. they're one of the few I'm teams that's building Orleans, like Denver though. is, and they're I'm ascending. looking at New Orleans, which, you know, yeah, yeah a play-in team that uh, didn't go far. But their dilemma is an interesting one, and it now seems a foregone conclusion that they will trade Zion Williamson and keep what are you gonna get? Ingram. What are you going to get for Zion Williamson? I mean, how are you going to trade a guy that's currently hurt? I just, I don't, I just don't know what you're going to get. Hard to say. But it, but it may be to the point Hard where the say. Pelicans realize they also can't just stay in limbo but, waiting but you, for they, they may need to and, actually do something. And I don't know that we've seen enough of Ingram and Williamson together really to know whether they fit or don't fit, but. They're two guys who are terrific players. Williamson, obviously, only when he's healthy, and that isn't happening very much these days. No. But they both need the ball. And I, I, I wonder, even if they're both healthy, if you can get maximum value from both because one guy's not going to have the ball as much. They're both 
28 to 30 point per game scores. It's hard to figure out a team that has two guys who need the ball to be effective. And that doesn't mean that they're selfish. It's just that's how they play. That's where their value lies. And they're, although physically not alike, their their styles and their games demand that they have the ball a lot. And there's only one basketball. Yeah. So that that one that one is intriguing. The Suns, I think, are are taking a gamble that's likely to blow up in their face. I, I just don't think it's it's going to work. Uh, there's not enough talent behind them at the moment, actually, including putting Beal's contract on there. The only guy that is on the books for next year is Cameron Payne, that makes more than two million. And that's it. Otherwise, they have a handful of restricted free agents West, like Jock Landale. Beyond the Nuggets, Sacramento. And I can't go much further. I'm pretty sure what the Nuggets will have next year, and I'm pretty sure what Sacramento is going to have. Mm-hmm. John Morant's out for at least 25 least games 25. from Memphis. And, and we saw Beyond that. that, how much do you know yeah. about the other 13 teams in the West? Well, I know that most of them aren't getting any younger. And that includes Phoenix, and that includes the Clippers, and that includes the Lakers. Uh, but six of those 13 have to make the playoffs. Right. <laughs> but I think that's why when you look at teams that that know what they have, that are already good and maybe even ascending in the West, I think there's two. I think it's the Nuggets and I think it's the Kings. And I think that's it. And I think everyone else is, is sort of, it, it feels to me as if uh, some of these teams, the, the, the Clippers are one. I think the, the Suns' desperation in this move, uh, they, they can feel it circling the drain, and they're trying to get one more one more oh. shot up before things run out, and it is fascinating. It's one of the reasons that the Denver Nuggets obviously are the favorites uh, to win the NBA championship, but if you actually look at their favorites to win the Western Conference, they're dominant, and that those all those reasons are why. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to Nikola Jokic. You did make it back in time for the harness we racing uh, yesterday in Sambor, Serbia. Apparently, a uh, the stereotypical harness a great, races. A great time was had by all. Uh, uh, I don't know if any of his horses won, but I I don't know that that mattered very much to Jokic, uh, who uh, was very polite but respectfully declined any interviews. Yes. So he wasn't going back to get attention. He was going back to watch the horses. His his quote specifically actually didn't come from him. It came from his father, Bronislav, who did uh, briefly answer questions and say, he told me, quote, Dad, I've had enough of publicity these last few days. And uh, Bronislav added, and I believe him. And that was that. So uh, the Jokic family, not big on uh, not big on talk. Uh, no, big on winning, no. though. And uh, I think Nuggets well, fans will happily take and that. Th- there are worse hobbies to have than horses. In fact, I can't think of many better ones. Uh, obviously, and Jokic loves it. And, uh, you know, off you go. Uh, Sulky, by the way. I looked that up last night. That's what, they're, that's what it is behind them, that, uh, that carriage. I was thinking Surrey from, like, the... Uh, Old musical, but that's a different thing. That's like uh, that's a different that's stagecoach. This is sulky. So now that you know as much about harness racing as I do, presumably they go in a circle. I don't actually know. Do they go straight line? Is it like horse drag racing? I don't know. Probably someone could tell us. 303-831-1340 is the number. The Denver Broncos' next step. The the off season uh, activities are done. Uh, the next by the step way, the season starts three months from yesterday. All right, on the button. Then we will set the scene with. There's own Cody Rourke, who is in charge of all Berlings Broncos for Mile High Sports. He'll join us next. I got the future, yeah.